You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 55. We're talking to Kyler Nixon about design 101 and branding. Yes! Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who only likes one dog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks. I'm Seth. Glad to be with you again this week. And today, have a great conversation with a new friend of mine named Kyler Nixon. Kyler is a design guru. Now, I'm going to call him that in the show. He's going to go, that's not me, but he totally is. He knows his stuff. He's a young dude in Phoenix and just really, really likable guy. You'll really enjoy this conversation. We have a ton of fun with this conversation. Like We really, really enjoyed uh, this talked together and laughed a lot. So I hope you'll laugh too, but there's a ton of practical design 101 type tips that have to do with the principles of design. And you're going to pick up a lot of great nuggets of truth in here from Kyler. So before we get into that, I want to let you know that uh, in the, in the show, we're going to talk about a mark and what we mean. The mark of the logo is like the picture that goes out to the side of your church name. So we just kind of talk about it like in insider speak. So in case you don't know what that is, a mark is is like the picture or the logo of your church that kind of stands on its own without your church name that still represents your church. Uh, we have this at my church. You probably have one. It's typically a square, a diamond, a circle, a leaf, a, some, a cross, something that stands on its own that kind of represents your church in a pictorial kind of way. So that's what we mean when we say a mark. Usually the mark goes along with your church name out to the right. So it'll be the mark and then Uh, not the mark of the beast. The way it sounds, I'm saying it's the mark of the beast. It's not the mark of the beast. It's the mark of your church. Way more holy, way better, way better mark. Uh, And if you happen to know someone named Mark, it's not them either. It's, this is a pictorial uh, description of your church, the kind of visual representation of your brand and your church. And uh, that's what we mean when we say Mark. Now, before we get going, I really would love for you to join my Facebook group. Lots of great conversation. I'm meeting some some of you guys in there and it's just a really fun place. So go to sethmuse.com slash group and it will take you you directly to the Facebook group. Join that conversation there. And you can always follow me on Instagram. I have rebranded my Instagram account. I'm so, so, so super proud of how it looks. I am really, really in love with it and I'm doing a little bit more with it now. So, um, follow those stories to kind of see the personal side, but then communication type stuff is happening on the feed. So my Instagram, Seth Muse is where you can find me and it's just at Seth Muse. So, uh, go, go follow me there. I'm very active on Instagram. DM me if you have questions or gripes or comments, or if you just have an idea and you want to talk about it and flesh it out, that's what the DMs are for. As Gary V says, we're going down, it's going down in the DMs. So, uh, check me out there on Instagram. Now let's get into our conversation today with Kyler Nixon. Kyler is from Phoenix. He has his own company called Kyler creative in which he does branding and design work for churches freelance. He is for hire and a wise hire. If you need somebody to come in and help you, uh, get your church moving visually in the right direction again. So here's my conversation with Kyler. Check it out. It's awesome. Kyler, well, Kyler Nixon is here and he is a design guru. He's going to bless us all with all his wisdom. What's up, Kyler? Welcome to the show. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me on. Definitely an honor to uh, be here. I don't know if you can throw guru next to my name, but I, I'll try my hardest. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to like over promise and yes. over deliver as well. Okay, so well, I guess that's that's my responsibility here. That's what we're going to do. We're doing it. This <laughs> is that that's what's happening. Well, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I, like I told you before we, we started recording, I've been trying to uh, find a way to get you on here 
for a while um, to talk about design and talk about some of the principles of design. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, kind of what your background is, and just a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. So I uh, I started, um, actually had no intention of going into church, going into communications, design, any of that stuff. Um, I was getting ready to leave for college uh, a while back, and um, I was going to be a sports information director at a college. And so my, my pastor had approached me the summer before I left, and it's like, hey, man, can you help me with some graphics? You know, you know, PowerPoint pretty well. So can you can you help me with this? And so <laughs> I did um, kind of just really fell in love with it, um, got continued to get plugged in with my home church even after I left for college and uh, was pursuing a, a sports management degree and then kind of felt like God saying, hey, this is this is what I want for you. I want you to, to work in ministry and, and serve churches. And so, um, yeah, that just kind of snowballed into where I'm at today. And so I had some really incredible opportunities to work with uh, some great churches back home. I'm from the Omaha area. So work with a couple churches there and then working with a, a big church here in Phoenix. And then in October, uh, I actually uh, left my church job to go full-time in my business. I'm a graphic and web designer. And so it's just been incredible uh, these last few months to be able to serve, um, you know, dozens of churches all over the United States. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at a little bit about me. Cool. And what's the website that you have? We'll go ahead and put it in the show notes. Uh, my website is kylercreative.com. Okay. And we'll make sure we put that in so people can contact you after this, get connected with you and cool. see Love some it. of your work and maybe hire you out. A little bit Thanks. here and there. That'd be great. So um, we're going to talk about design. You've got some experience in design and have done some really great stuff. I've, I've been through your website a couple of times looking at some of the stuff and just a really, you've got a really clean eye. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but <laughs> yes. like your designs are really clean and easy to un- understand like what's going on in them. And so yeah. I, I like that about your stuff. Is that some, that kind of a, why do you, why do you like that so clean? Like that. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, I appreciate you saying that because I think that's that's the goal. Um, I would say, first of all, I'm like I'm a communicator first and a designer second. And so um, my goal in every piece that I'm making, whether it's a logo, website, um, you know, series graphic, social media graphic is to clarify the message before I get super creative. So uh, if it is super simple, it's generally because I'm trying to communicate really well. You know, my designs, I wouldn't say are like art their their designs um they're offering solutions to to problems and so the other side of that is usually if i'm making a design in the church world as most people know if they're listening to this uh i have about five minutes to make a graphic and don't have enough time to (laughs) add a bunch of cool elements in there so by default it just becomes a kind of a simple uh clean graphic i guess yeah what and what's the saying it's like you can have it fast cheap or good, but you can only pick two of those. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly right. It's always true. <laughs> yeah. And we're kind of in that position all the time too. I mean, well, people come to us and go, I need this tomorrow. And we're like, okay, well, let me pull up Canva real quick and uh, see if I can get you something done. You know, it's like, okay, let's, yes. let's knock it out. Yeah. But, no, you're uh, totally right. Yeah. So, so tell us about, uh, you know, a little, I know a lot of people start with design and a lot of churches have designers or, people are kind of thrown into design. So they're trying to figure things out. And I just mentioned Canva. There's a lot of tools out there that help people get started. And, right. um, and, and it, that's super tempting to jump into that. Like, it is. Yeah. is, is that the right step to first when you're like, Hey, you got to design something or I'm going to, I'm now the designer, you know, what, what are the first steps? I guess what I'm asking to becoming a better designer, is it to talk mm-hmm. about tools and get, get resourced or is it to start thinking, 
like how do I learn some principles or do I need to get some education? I mean, what, what would you suggest when someone's getting started? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think I think with the tools that are available, like, you know, you mentioned Canva or Photoshop or Illustrator, like all of these tools are great, um, but it's really easy to get overwhelmed and to overlook the foundational things because of how powerful these programs are. So I think really they're they're serving as an extension of your creative ability. They're not going to make great designs for you. Like, you know, my grandma can't open up Photoshop and, you know, make it a great design. Like, it's just not going to happen. So I think if you really understand how to use, um, you know, design principles and how to apply them to your designs first, the, uh, the tools literally just become like a pencil. Like it's just another tool that you have available, (laughs) uh, to make a, make a great design. Obviously, you know, they're much more powerful than that, but it's like a really um, souped up pencil. Yeah. A really, really (laughs) souped up, you know, Apple pencil, if you will. With like machine guns and and turbo (laughs) boosters on the pencil. It's like a really powerful pencil. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, so I, w- I would say just studying design principles. I mentioned it a, a couple of minutes ago, but um, I started on PowerPoint, like whether that was good or bad or otherwise. See, I was going to ask you that because I started on PowerPoint, too. Yeah, I think it was just what I knew. You know, you yeah. make presentations in school on PowerPoint. And so I was like, all right. And uh, I actually looked through um, Brady Shears. Uh, he had this course about like how to make good church designs. Basically, I had no experience. And so I started kind of copying what he was doing. And then I realized, oh, this is good because it's well-spaced or the colors have nice contrast. So uh, once I understood that, and then I jumped into Photoshop, it was a lot easier to to use and understand. Yeah. And you bring that up about taking something someone's done and starting there. I think that's really Mm. valuable. Have you ever seen the movie Finding Forrester? I think it's an old Sean Connery movie. No, I don't think so. Okay, it's about writing, but he he basically teaches this kid how to write, and that's what he tells him. He's like, take somebody else's thing, Mm -hmm. start writing, and then make it your own, and then start writing your own. And it's like this bridge to being creative. It's like start where somebody else has left off and kind of use that to inspire you, to help you. Don't copy it, but like use it to kind of jumpstart where you are. And I think a lot of people use use Canva for that because they give you all these templates and stuff. But I'll tell you what you said about... Just because you have the tool that can do all the stuff doesn't mean you're going to create great stuff, man. Right. We we turned a few people loose with Canva at our place, and um, I I was searching, I was scrolling through one of our Instagram feeds the other day, and I saw a graphic that was just, I was like, I can't believe that's out there. It was <laughs> it was a dark graphic, but the words over the graphic were black, and so you could yeah. not read it. And I'm like, oh right, my gosh, right. there's no contrast at all. So I was like, man, just because you have Canva does not mean you're going to make great graphics. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I think, like I said, I think just understanding those principles and contrast and usage of fonts and pairings and stuff like that, it makes using Canva a lot easier because you're like, oh, I understand that this has to be light if the background is dark. So then you're not not pumping out uh, graphics that Seth uh, mocks on his uh, podcast. So yeah. Yeah, I will openly mock you. Yes, that's my goal. Just to <laughs> never call never you out your podcast again unless I'm talking. So, <laughs> if you're if you're anywhere in my vicinity, I might use you as an example of what not to do. Yes, that's, oh, those are your best that's friends in the world. <laughs> you know what is the, what's the scripture? It's like uh, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. That's proverb somewhere. Yeah, All right. Second opinions or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, well, it's sort of there, you know, it's yes. in there somewhere. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people get started and they're, and you're using Canva and I, and I know Canva gives you a lot of templates. And then if you start in Photoshop, it's like the wild west, you're on your own. Right. 
um, especially getting to Illustrator too. So what are some of those tools that you, you recommend once you kind of get started with the principles? And uh, then second question, where do you go to find out about these principles? Yeah, so um, I, w- I would say like most churches probably right off the bat don't have the funds for something like Creative, uh, like Creative Suite or, you know, the Adobe products. So uh, you mentioned we've mentioned Canva a couple of times. Um, that's a, a great tool to get started after you kind of understand the principles. Uh, PowerPoint honestly isn't isn't terrible um, for just kind of understanding foundational things. There's some really cheap um, Photoshop like programs like uh, I think GIMP is one of them. Um, Affinity Designer is another one. Mm-hmm. So uh, it kind of depends on how involved you want to get and where you're at in your um, like knowledge level, I guess, and what you can kind of handle and not get overwhelmed with. Um, and then the second point with, you know, kind of understanding principles, I think really uh, one finding talented designers and just seeing what they're doing. Like there's a ton, you know, especially in the church world, there's some really, really talented designers out there, like find what they're doing and figure out why they're doing it that way. Second is like the university of Google is an amazing resource, like design principles. Most of the top, you know, five to 10 links are going to be pretty reputable and uh, not going to kind of steer you astray. So I think if you can, um, one, look at other people, find out what they're doing and not necessarily, I wouldn't say copy it, like don't copy people's designs, but find out why they're doing what they're doing. And then two, like just reading articles and kind of understanding, uh, what these principles are and, and how to apply them. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, the university of Google and the university of YouTube, very, very helpful. Yes. Very, very yes. helpful, which are really one and, one and the same. So, yes. um, okay, well, that's, that's really helpful. I think there's a lot of people that are getting started that go, I have no idea yeah. what to do. Um, so what are some of those guiding principles when you're thinking about like a logo? Cause I know a lot of churches, mm-hmm. uh, let me, let me caveat this back up a little bit. Um, each department is probably going to ask for a logo. Mm-hmm. Like kids ministry wants a logo. Student ministry wants a logo. Uh, your handbells team wants a logo. I mean, everybody right. wants a logo, right? So what are some guiding principles if you're over all that in your church mm-hmm. and you have the ability to say yes or no, what would you, what would you in, encourage someone in that position to guide ministries towards and kind of how do you go about that branding process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, that's something a lot of churches really struggle with uh, is kind of the multiple logo thing. So the phrase that gets kind of thrown around a lot, and I certainly didn't coin this, but is um, we want to create a branded house and not a house of brands. And so what I mean by that is you should be able to look at your kids ministry logo. And while it is appealing to kids or parents with kids, it should still be some kind of variation or should still be a nod to your um, primary church brand. Does that make sense? Did I phrase that? I think, okay. I think so. Let's, let's dig a little deeper into that. Yeah. What would be something that would connect a kid's logo to a main branding, for instance? That's, Cause yeah, I think that's question. the hardest one to do. Like, student, right. no, yeah. you know, you can make a really cool logo that could also be similar for enough, cool enough for students. Like you might be able to pull that off right. with your church, but with kids, it's got to have a whole different look. It's got to feel different. Uh, right. At least that's the feeling. So how, how would you bridge that gap? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think, um, here's how I do it. And I'm by no means an expert on this topic and people might do it other ways, but, uh, what I tend to do if I'm taking a church through a rebrand and we are starting from scratch and we're going to brand all of their ministries as well. And we're going to create that branded house. What we do is we create the, we have the main church logo, right? Um, and let's say in this instance, you, it mean, is, you mean, you mean the mark, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like yeah, their yeah, mark, their, their mark. Yeah. 
So let's say in this instance, their primary color of this church is like a navy blue. Okay. So that's not super exciting for kids ministry, right? right? So what I tend to do is we keep that similar mark and we keep the similar, um, you know, font for the church or something like that. But then we might bring in a more fun kind of bouncy, um, kids centered font for the kids portion of the logo. And then we might change up the color so that it's still a similar tone, but it's going to be, um, maybe like a brighter blue or, uh, like a, a red. So there's ways to, there's tools online that you can use to keep, you know, create a, a brand palette, like a color scheme that might be seven or eight colors that are all similar feeling and similar looking, but they are going to um, help those sub ministries and, or I guess those sub logos uh, stay on brand, but also give their, their own feel. I think Gateway Church in, in Dallas is a really good example of that. They rebranded, yeah. but they have, um, and I'm not sure if you can link to that or something on, on the page, but um, they, they launched a new brand a little over a year ago and every single one of their logos all looks really similar, but they have a different feel for every single ministry. Yeah. I've seen that. I've used that as an example too, when I'm kind of trying to lead people through it or think through it as right. well. Like there's a reason for this. And, you know, I kind of have my opinions on why you want to do that. Why do we want to do that? According, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of twofold, I guess. So first is you want to, as a church, whether you are doing it intentionally or not, you're gaining what's called brand equity. And so brand equity is essentially just the, um, awareness, I guess, if you will, that you've built up in your community or in your city state, whatever, um, whether good or bad, like if your church is like really bumping and people love your church, like you're building positive brand equity there. And it's and the visual part of that is the logo. So you're building brand equity where people understand and recognize your logo. So like the Apple logo, obviously huge brand equity. Yeah. So what you're doing by, by creating a, a branded house is that your kids ministry now is not taking away from the brand equity of your, your main church logo, but it's enhancing it and it's adding to it because somebody sees your kids logo and says, Hey, I've, I've seen that, that, uh, you know, hope fellowship has that same logo. Uh, for their main church. Like it, it looks really similar. So I can see how that that's their kids ministry. So you're adding, um, you know, you're adding brand equity and awareness through your ministry logos. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point that brand awareness is super important. And because when you, when people see the other ministries out in the, in the community, it's like, mm-hmm. you want them to know that's you. Right. 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 And I think I think if uh, one of the litmus tests for us and and for other churches as well is think about like how many people know the different brands, but don't if if your church kind of seems to fly under the radar, like your main brand, like Mm -hmm. maybe maybe they do know um, about you. They just don't know it's you. Like they don't know right. it's they they've seen you out there in these different facets, you know, different ministries, but mm-hmm. they don't know it's actually you, the church that's out right. there, because there's nothing pointing them back to that to kind of. Right. And I, I always think of Starbucks too, like when it comes to logos, because I always say like a logo has the meaning you give to it. Like you mm-hmm. can you can design some meaning into it, but you also have like get because what is what is Starbucks logo? It's a mermaid. It's right. a, it's a it's green mermaid. Right. What does that have to do with coffee? If I drink green coffee, I'm going to get sick. I'm like, don't right. drink the green coffee. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unless it's like a St. Patrick's day gimmick, but right. why, but why green? Why white? Why, you know, why is it, but it's like recognizable and you know exactly what you're going to get when you see right. that logo. Right. It's really, really yeah. cool. I think, well, and I think a lot of that has to do with, um, just per- like persevering through that. Like Starbucks, probably when they started out, people were like, 
why the heck do you have a mermaid as your logo? And now we don't even question it. And yeah. so I think a lot of churches, uh, especially like church plants and, you know, I love church plants, so I'm not like, hear my heart on this. A lot of times you'll, the church plants will start out and say, oh, we got this killer logo. And then two years later, they'll, they'll change it. It's like, well, if your logo was, you know, fundamentally strong, like don't, don't change it just because it's, um, you know, it's getting boring in your mind, like keep that up so you can continue to build brand equity, stay on your brand and really like, it might get boring. Like it might get boring for you internally, but there's dozens and dozens of people that are seeing your logo for the first time and interacting with your brand for the first time. And so, uh, I guess my, my caveat there would be like, stay on brand and stick with it even when it gets hard. And then eventually there'll be a point where, uh, you can kind of say, you know what, it's time for us to freshen this up a bit because it's feeling a little, a little dated. Yeah. So, it, it takes time. Right. It, it no, takes totally time does. for people to get familiar with it. It's like, when you finally hear a song on the radio, that song has been played a million times in places you've never heard it. Right. Like the, the unless you're like one of the big pop stars, which they, then they pay the radio station to play it a million times and they've never played it anywhere else. <laughs> but like, if you're a band that's trying to, you know, do real music and stuff, you're coming up through the ranks right. and like, you're trying to, you're, you're playing shows. You're, you're playing that song over and over and it is, Oh, you're tired of it. You're so tired of it until finally it gets on the radio. And then you're like, Oh no, now I have to play this forever. Like I went to the Foo Fighters show. I love Foo Fighters. I've seen them like three times and, um, you know, they still play my hero. They still play that song. They play (laughs) monkey wrench. They play all their big hits. Right. And I gotta, I gotta think like how many times have they played this song in their lives? It's got to be. Oh, they probably hate it. They probably hate it. <laughs> you know, it's like they definitely, they definitely hate it. I mean, every night they're playing a show, or two or three nights a week they're on tour, and then they go back out and they put out a whole new record. They work super hard on it. They want to get that out there, but everybody in the crowd's like, "Play Monkey Wrench," you know. It's like, yeah. okay, let's play that song one more time because everybody yes. loves it. You know, just yeah. you have to love it. And you have to let it have its time to to saturate because. My hero is equal to Foo Fighters in everyone's mind that knows Foo Fighters. Even yeah. even like new people that inter- interact with Foo Fighters are like, oh yeah, probably their most popular song on Spotify is still like My Hero, even though they yeah, put yeah. out tons of new albums since then. Right, right. No, you're you're totally right. And I, I think going back to you know like logos, like I mean, even for me, I started my company like a little over two years ago. I hate my logo. Like, like <laughs> I, I think it's a good logo. Like you know, let me say that. Like I think it's a, a good logo or whatever. But like man, I put that thing on so many different things that at this point I'm like, I don't even want to see this. So what I've been doing, and I think churches can do this too, is finding new ways to, um, kind of breathe life into it. Like your brand is living and breathing. So when I say like, stick with it, that doesn't mean you have to use all the same fonts for 10 years or the same colors, like find new ways to incorporate different elements or, uh, different colors or style, you know, stylistic things into your designs that can help uh, kind of move your brand forward. So, you know, so you don't hate it as much. Yeah. Well, (laughs) let's talk about some of those principles, like what goes into making a good design? Like, what are some of the things that you would say, if you're starting out designing, pay attention to this, like give it three or four of them or kind of some of your, your list. Yeah. So, well, I think first and foremost, um, you need to filter everything through the concept of audience. So right now I have a client who's a really traditional Presbyterian church um, in Raleigh. And, uh, then I have another client who's their church plant average age is probably like 27. So I'm going to design, uh, anything for both those churches very, very differently. So I think first it's important to understand who you're designing for, uh, and what they expect or what they resonate with. 
um, better. So that's, that'd be the first thing. Um, and then I think second thing, just like practically is cut anything that's not necessary or not advancing the design forward. So we talked about this earlier, but, um, communication is first. So clarity comes before creative. Okay. If I look at your graphic and I don't understand what it's saying, then it's, it's useless to me. Just, you know, just being blunt, like it's, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get rid of all the stuff that's going to make it, um, not, you know, not easy to understand or, or really like cluttered. Um, and then along that same line, like some, a couple practical things are use two fonts. I like to limit myself to only two fonts. You know, there's a Babylon B article that was, uh, circling around about the church secretary <laughs> who used, well, like, like 50 fonts on a, you know, a poster or something like that. So don't do that and avoid <laughs> being a Babylon B article. I love the um, Babylon B. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's so real. I mean, it, it's pretty convicting. So. It really is. <laughs> then the, the the next thing is using high contrast. Um, we talked about that a little bit. So if your background is dark, use a light font. If your um, background is light, use a dark font. Um, and if you have something like a picture where it might be light and dark, um, put a little overlay filter on it, you know, make it darker or make it lighter. So there's a lot of ways you can yeah. uh, do contrast. Even Googling, you know, contrast and graphic design will come up with a lot of practical tips. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a good tip. Uh, the contrast thing, because that's probably the most common mistake that and yep. I would I'll add one. I don't know if you're going to talk about it, but the uh, white space, yep. you know, the distance, the proximity of things, you know, being right. next to each other and stuff and giving your your eyes some room to kind of bounce around and see things clearly. Um, I think those two are really, really important. They yeah. make mistakes all the time on that. Right. No, for sure. My, uh, my buddy, uh, Michael with church media squad, I was talking to him last week, um, kind of about some of these questions that you'd sent over and, uh, was just, you know, kind of talking through them. And he said, uh, he said that same thing. He said, you make it, uh, take your, take your design, um, shrink it in half and then shrink it in half again. And that's going to give you, uh, that's going to give you the sufficient white space that you need. So yeah, I think that's super important. And kind of from a practical standpoint, like, if you don't have enough white space, it's not, it not only looks good, it's, it's, uh, or sorry, it not only looks bad, it's harder for people to read. Like you need white space for your eyes to be able to adjust to, to information too. Yeah. And it also allows you the, the chance to use your logo in different, different sizes. Like you were saying, Yeah, you know, like when you have to shrink that thing really small, it's a lot easier to read when there's a lot of white space in there already kind of right. built for in. Sure. And a lot of us have to cram our logos in on, you know, small envelopes or, yeah, you know, on yeah. the, on a phone app up in the tiny corner. And it's like maybe right. an eighth of an inch big, you know, and it's right. got to cram into that little space. And so it, it needs to be able to size well, you know, so the right. white space helps with that a lot too. Yeah, I never, no, I never right. thought of that. That's, that's a great way of thinking about it. I never actually put those two together. Yeah. So sure. what, what other principles are you looking at when it comes to design? Yeah, I think, um, I think those are kind of the big ones like font choice and, um, we can talk about fonts for just a second, just being practical with it, I guess. Like, um, I like to, if I'm pairing a font, I think people will get to the point where they say, I understand that I only need two fonts and they need to, to go well together. Well, what, what that means when we say go well together, they pair well together is, um, don't pair similar fonts. So for example, like Helvetica and Arial are two are two similar fonts. So if you pair them together, they're not different enough to, uh, you know, in the viewer's eye, it's going to be kind of confusing and, and, uh, they're just not different enough to, to pair well together. So, um, 
typically what I like to say is if you're going to use sans serif fonts, so fonts like Helvetica that don't have the little tails on the end, mm-hmm. um, I would say uh, use a, a tall font and a short font. That's a, that's a good rule of thumb. If you're going to use a sans serif and a serif font, that's a, that's a good pairing, or a sans serif and a script font. So like really just finding opposites are a really simple way to, um, to pair fonts. It, would you agree? Like, do you have, yeah. I, I know you've kind of mentioned you, you more are on the uh, video side, but, um, yeah, no, I, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for too. And I, I don't really have a, a system, so it's good. I'm learning here too. It's helpful for me to hear you say a sans serif with a script. Would you ever put a yeah. script with a serif font or sorry, a sans serif font? Yeah. So could that, I mean, I guess it all depends on how it looks, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So I would, um, I, yeah, it kind of depends. And so <laughs> the reason I'm hesitating is cause you gotta be really careful with that. Yeah. Um, just because there's some really ugly serif fonts out there. <laughs> and so if you're pairing a, a script font with a serif font, uh, just be careful. But I, again, I think it can, it can work. And if they're opposites and they look good together, um, I, I think it definitely can work. Yeah. I, I love those, those pairings and how you kind of frame that up. That's really, really helpful. Yeah. Canva has a really good article actually about font pairings, um, that has really practical, like pair this font with this font, um, on their, their design school. Yeah. I was going to say, don't That's they serious. have a free design school anyway? Is yeah, it, is it free? I don't know if it's free. I, I think so. A majority of their content is free. So, yeah. um, all but, the, all the good stuff, but you can, you can deep dive on this kind of stuff. If you're like, I really need to learn how to design. Oh yeah. You can deep dive in Canva design school. So, Get a, right. fr- get a free account and then jump into the design school and learn yeah, how to do it. It's sure. really, really helpful. Cool. Well, uh, what are some of those mistakes that you see being made? I know we've talked about some of the designing principles that help you drive forward. What are some mistakes that you see being made that maybe we haven't hit on or just you remember as good examples yeah. or whatever? No, for sure. I think um, one thing that I'm seeing in the Capital C Church is a lot of following the crowd. Um, <laughs> so I think a lot of churches are just doing what is in, in style for somebody else and not really understanding what applies to their, their own audience. And then along that same line is that, um, when they're following the crowd, they're not understanding, like I'm, I'm thinking of like Voo church, for example, yeah. they're really like, they kind of are tr- the trendsetters I would say in the church space. Yeah. And so, um, or, or one of, I guess. And so what happens is Voo church changes their style and then tons of other people follow that and they try to do it. Well, Voo church has phenomenal designers. Like they have people who are professional designers. And so if you're following them, you're not able to, even myself, like I'm not able to do what they're doing with the level of excellence that they do it. And so then it just becomes mediocre and it's not, um, it's not a good style choice there. So I think following the crowd would be one of the bigger mistakes that I see. Second is um, putting the secretary in charge of design, and let me let me preface that by saying, unless the secretary <laughs> is awesome at design, yes. let me preface it by saying that I love church secretaries. Okay, and your gifting is really necessary to the kingdom, and I I can't even pretend to do that. Also, my grandma is a church secretary, so and she's probably listening. So um, just don't want to you know get killed. But um, yeah, she's said, she's right there in my demographic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right in the right in the wheelhouse, right in the dead center of the target. That's, you know, that's what I figured. She, hey, grandma. Uh, she'll support the rest. Thanks of for listening. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even playing. Like I, I would bet money. She listens to it, but anyway, awesome. <laughs> so, um, if your church, if your church doesn't have the funds to hire a designer, there's a lot of really good resources out there that can help you ball on a budget. So like I've mentioned church media squad, 
Um, they do unlimited graphics for like $500 a month. Um, there's a couple other really good subscription-based programs. Sunday Social with Jonathan Malm is a really good one. It's like $9 a month for great social graphics. So all that to say, like, you don't have to put somebody who isn't good at design and doesn't like designing in charge of design. Like yeah. there's a lot of resources out there to source your church, to be able to, um, put out really great content that isn't done in Microsoft publisher. Love you, grandma. Publisher. <laughs> How dare you say that name on this podcast? I know. Oh my just, gosh. Keep that out. If Sorry if to. you're out there using publisher. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just uh, I'm praying for you. Today. <laughs> I'm praying for you. I really am. And I'll tell you why. Not because I just think it's an abomination you're using that. That's that's not it. I just know how hard that thing is. Like like yes. it's simple to use, but it like it does not play well with any other program. That's what's right. tough about that program. Right. Plus but, that means you have a PC, which is just another travesty. Yeah. Right I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And it's a hard knock life out there for the, uh, for the published <laughs> user, publisher users on the PCs. Sorry, everybody. Hey, I call it like I see it. I love the Adobe suite and Canva and Mac. And that's just, that's good stuff. Yes. Well, uh, so good, 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 good stuff. Uh, lots of mistakes uh, out there that, w- that we could make and need to avoid. Um, I love that it wasn't just like, hey, don't put this thing over there. You know, it was principle based right, mistakes right. we can make. That's awesome. Um, okay. So last question I want to, as we wrap up, just want to cover this. I know a lot of churches, you know, the communication director, especially when they're new, we come in, we go, oh my gosh, there's so much to fix. We mm-hmm. need to rebrand the whole thing. So if you are able to get your church to understand a rebrand needs to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, say let's say you got different looking logos and siloed ministries and no clear yeah. di- direction and you're like this is chaos. And right. you, and you know what it needs to look like, but you don't necessarily know how to get it there. What are some of those first steps of a rebrand that you would recommend tackling? Yeah. For sure. I think one of the most helpful things that you can do um one don't i mean even before like any of this stuff is don't don't jump into photoshop or illustrator like right away don't don't even touch the visual side of it uh because you're not going to do it justice and then in three years you're going to hate your logo again so what i would say is step back and and identify the strategy first a really 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 helpful book uh that came out a few months ago is uh, story brand by donald miller building a building a story brand i think is what it's called um, go through that book. It, it'll help you identify um, what needs your people have, who your demographic is, how you are uniquely positioned to reach those people. Um, and when you understand all of that, the logo is going to come naturally because the logo is just a visual representation of your brand, right? Like it's not, the logo isn't the brand. It's just the thing that people see. Like if you think of Apple, their logo is not like their logo is not their whole brand. Their brand is simplicity and uh, phenomenal design. And, you know, you name all these other things that make up their brand. The logo is just child, a representation of child that. labor. So and I, I would say starting with strategy, go through story brand or uh, meet with some kind of strategist to, to identify like who's our demographic, who are we positioned to reach? Um, and then my second piece of advice, like kind of once you've nailed that down or, uh, along the same line is finding a designer or an agency to partner with. Um, your logo is is too important and your brand is too important to leave it to cousin Joe who owns a copy of Adobe Illustrator. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be somebody super expensive. There's a ton of really talented 
uh, ministry based designs who will do logos for really cheap and really affordable. I don't want to say cheap because they're not cheap, but they're affordable. Um, and so I think partnering with an agency to create something like that is really helpful. Um, and yeah, I think those are kind of the two, two big things right off the front. Did that, does yeah. that like kind of answer? I question? think you just slayed sister Mildred in spirit over here. She passed out when you said <laughs> not to give it to a cousin Joe who owns a copy of illustrator. <laughs> oh, that's we're just, we're just trying to hurt people's feelings today. Sorry, <laughs> Joe. I'm just keeping it real. Joe has no business making designs <laughs> for this church. Yeah, <laughs> I know he's your uncle and needs a hey, job. If I need to say that if I need to say that to every church in the world, I will. So if you need me to fire, cousin I will Joe, too. Cousin Joe and Sister Mildred fainted, and she's so like happy you said that. So thank you for for saying that. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know going through a rebrand, it's like really, really tough. And I think a lot of people yeah. do get bogged down with the logo. Right. We, and, and it's like, we need a new logo. How many words is that? We need a new logo. No, that's one word. That's four words. <laughs> logo is two syllables. Yeah. So yeah. four words that can murder a church if it really, if we really wanted to, uh, yeah. the logo is just the representation. I, this is such a hard right. concept because it's what they're familiar with. Right. right it's, right. it's like, I only understand branding in the sense of a logo. Right. And, and if, if I'm not a designer or if I'm not behind the scenes, it's like, that's the only way that I really know how to grip in my mind, the common ground between what you're talking about, what I'm talking about, right. if you're trying to explain this. Yeah. So getting yeah, people to I move mean, yeah, from just that looking at it as like, you know, if you tough. say we need a logo, well, okay, maybe you do, but your, your logo, like I said, is it's just the visual representation of your mission and your vision. It's, it's nothing more, nothing less. Like think about, um, I'll take like, like new spring church. Like if you, it's a pretty recognizable logo, really common. If you look, if you look at new spring church and you attend new spring church, like their logo, you will 100% understand why it is the way it is. It's relational. It's, um, it's strong, it's bold. And that's who new spring church is. And so I think it's, it's literally just a visual rep. Like, I'm going to say that again, like it's a visual representation of your, your brand, your mission, your vision, all the things that make you and your church, you know, who you are. The logo is just kind of the the cherry on top. Right. And it does not mean that that has to include a cross or a dove or the Holy Amen. Spirit sun behind it. And right there. <laughs> That's the last thing. You hear me, Joe? You hear me? You hear me, Joe? You don't need the, the cross or the dove in the hey. logo. <laughs> He's, you know what? Jesus is not on that cross. He is risen. Amen. So Amen. Pass the plates. Stick, stick around on the, on the cross. Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's just, <laughs> I think, I think you just helped me create some new characters on this show. That's a whole nother podcast right there. You got, uh, you know, we just upset, uh, bedrock church, pastor pillow and sister sheets, uh, right there. What? So that's the other, that's the other character you can work into the show. We'll just, we'll just edit this out. All right. Yeah. So. We'll just, this, I mean, nobody's, nobody's listening to this anyway. So, uh, we say whatever we want for grandma, <laughs> just your grandma. Yeah, she's gonna want, and she's gonna want that cross in there, and then her whole her whole small group, <laughs> and they're gonna be real fired up in about a week or two, or whenever this uh, show gets posted. So I'm gonna send them to your uh, hate mail inbox. Yep, yep. Just send it. <laughs> just send it on. You know yeah. where to find me. I'm not gonna say it, but you can find it. Uh, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> something we were talking about. Something. It was great. 
I think we're done talking about it. <laughs> we we talked around it enough. Well, well, Kyler, this has been great. Tell us where we can connect with you online. Where can we find? Uh, we already talked about your website, kylercreative.com. Uh, social media channels. Where can we connect? Yeah, I uh, my I'm on Instagram only right now, uh, limiting myself so I don't stretch myself too thin. I'm on at Kyler Creative on Instagram and then at Kyler Creative on Dribble. So I guess it's similar, but on Dribble, um, I try to re- on Dribble, a Dribble. It's whatever. We'll just forget I said that too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I got you. I got you. I'm messing with you. I try to uh, I try to help designers um, as well. I know I'm not a fantastic designer by any means, but um, try to encourage designers and create a, a strong community through my Instagram and. Uh, social media channels and stuff like that. And so I'd love if you uh, give me a follow and I can, um, we can work together and, and uh, make some awesome designs for the kingdom. Amen. 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 <laughs> amen. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, man. This was so much fun and very, very helpful and, and, and insightful to get a lot of people started. So thanks, man. I really sure. appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thanks, Seth. It's an honor. I appreciate it. 